This episode is brought to you by Truth Table. By Truth Table, Black women's musings on life, love, and liberations everywhere where books are sold. Online, in the stores, at your mama's pop bookstore. Go buy our book. Everywhere. Period. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McKemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, C. How you doing, girl? I am out here, you know? I'm out here doing. And I, and as we just discussed, the people know that we're, you know, bootleg meteorologists, that it is getting cold out here. That's, that's, the, that's the weather report, that it's cold. <laughs> that's all that I have. <laughs> Has, cold. Fall has shown up. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so get so get so get your chapstick and your extra uh, deep moisturizing lotion because we have entered into that season. And your gloves and yes. your protective styles. Yes. Good and love. yes, yes, yes. Hydrate, it's hydrate, time. moisturize. <laughs> See, I got my protective style in right now. So. Well, I mean, for the people who could possibly see us, they would also notice that we are wearing the color white. Yes. Hmm. We are. We are. And why is that? Why, E, are we wearing the color white today? We are wearing the color white because it's all about Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Forever. Okay? <laughs> and the Black delegation decided yes. that white is what we were wearing in order to honor the memory and the life of Chadwick, the late Chadwick Bozeman. And so... We got our marching orders. We got our marching orders actually several months in advance. You know? <laughs> so so you had months. time. You had time to get your white outfit. The whole church announcement <laughs> and everything. We had time to get our fits together, get your white together. And so that's what we did. And this is what I wore to there the you go. There you go. There you go. Would, would, you, would you describe this ensemble for the people that will, yes. be, will be listening me, only? What, what, what would they be seeing right now? Let me describe the ensemble. So it is a white jumpsuit. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Marvel, Marvel. A, yeah, exactly. It's a white, it's a white jumpsuit and it's long. I'm tall, so it does actually hit the floor. Praise God. There um, you go. And it has it has a one sleeve that has this kind of sheer, let me taffeta, you know, um, razzle dazzle going with some polka dots. Christina's favorite polka dots. Uh, that like wraps around uh the jumpsuit. So it's kind of like a one armed kind of um, yes. situation going on. So yeah, so I had to I had to pull out the stuff. I mean I really actually wanted to get an outfit made. That's this actually is very my serious. Plan. This is a very serious but like thing. a like a true African. But um <laughs> my seamstress I just discovered discovered moved back to Ghana. She was I like, don't blame y'all. her. She's like bye. And so I was like well <laughs> But you know, I support. I support the move. I do. Yes, I understand. I, <laughs> indeed, I do. There are legitimate reasons to go back to Ghana. So anyway, so I couldn't get my outfit made. So I was like, let me go ahead and get this. How about you? See what you wearing? I, I am wearing a, uh, in terms of fabric, much more simple than the the taffeta that you just described, <laughs> which takes me back to the 1990s prom season. But um, I, yeah, I'm wearing like a kind of a crop top, long sleeve kind of white scoop neck top. And then there's some wide leg pleated white pants along with that. And then I have my Afrocentric colored earrings, big, big kind of circle shapes that are dangling. Um, 
So yeah, that's yes. that that's that's the ensemble. You know, it's so funny the the uh, the pseudo black delegation said, "Hearey, hearey, this is what you're going to wear." And I'm going to need the black delegation to also give us some additional political instructions and orders because I mean they got us together. And so I think we can have some other topics that we can unify on, on as well. <laughs> yes, well, we unified on this midterm election, so hey, listen, let's keep it listen. going. <laughs> let's, let, Let's keep it really. We'll need to keep it going for sure. Yes, we do. We do. So anyway, so so I'm so glad um, that we were able to finally see Wakanda forever. It seems like, well, not seems it has been. We've been waiting for a, a while, a long while. Yeah, it's, it's been, been about it's, four years. It's been a long, sad, yeah, tragic while. I mean, we've had some things in between that. Not only the pandemic, but certainly the the, the death of. Chadwick Boseman. And so I think, yeah, this one has been, it's both been anticipated in a really positive way. And I think for some people it's, it's been um, kind of an anticipatory grief as well. Thus the white, like a home going yeah, service as yeah. well. I think that was a nod to that as well. Yeah. For us. Yeah. Well, you know, y'all, you know, so uh, if y'all haven't figured it out, the topic on the table today, it's actually, <laughs> you're actually getting your first and probably only like movie review from us this season. Um, so it's Wakanda forever, ever. And ever, ever. so Wakanda forever, that's the, the movie review that is on the, that's the topic on the table. Yeah. This does have spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie, listen, do listen. not listen to this episode yet. Um, <laughs> listen, listen, Maya. Because there's yeah. going to be spoilers. Yes, my pastor husband gave the people approximately one month before the sermon illustrations related to Black Panther come to life. One month. That's <laughs> really have, generous. They've got one month. One month. That's generous. And then it's on and popping. Because I, I think I think we know a lot of preachers that's going to be throwing some illustrations in there from this movie. Because it had... So much content, and we're gonna do our best to process it because you know we got we got big thoughts <laughs> and That's feelings yeah. about uh, Black Panther, Wakanda forever, ever. Um, Absolutely, Outcast style added there, but yes, we have big thoughts about it. So, so just a couple more thoughts though about this buildup. You know, one of the things that um, that really struck me was the first trailer that dropped for this yeah. movie mm-hmm. and it was done so well. And yet, yeah. you know, which I think it was, I think it, it, they knew that it was going to make people like me cry as I, as I watched it. Absolutely. But, but yes, the, the no woman, no cry. And then the Kendrick uh, part really? that comes in. I mean, it was, it was yeah. powerful. I mean, yeah. it was just artistry and it was also cathartic. So what, what were you thinking? What were you anticipating when you saw that trailer? I was anticipating grief, honestly. I was so I, I was very nervous. I was honestly, I was kind of. I didn't have a lot of expectations for the movie because I didn't actually know really what to expect. I did know mm-hmm. at the very least that tears would be shed, that it would yes. be heavy, you know. And I yes. was like, ooh. And you know, I remember we were talking like a day or two before it came out. Like, I don't know, are we ready for this? Like, you know, uh, no, like homegoings <laughs> and all that. It's not my favorite pastime. No. Um, you know, just, no. you know, death, death is certainly, um, our enemy, you know? And so I just was like, how are they going to do this? And so I was just really curious. So I didn't have like, a really any expectations. I just knew that this would be heavy and that trailer definitely <laughs> solidified, uh, my own, you know, inclinations. I think they, they did a really, really um, great job in that trailer and, you know, moving yeah. us through and it was, it's a, it was such a insurmountable, you know, um, loss. <laughs> so mm-hmm, it's like, how mm-hmm. do you, 
Mm-hmm. How do you rally? How do you, you know, even the mood and the energy around this movie is obviously character uh, uh, completely different, you know, from the first one, right? Because we have yeah. experienced a collective loss together as yeah. a people. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I would consider it a cultural trauma mm-hmm. um, that took place uh, with the passing of Chadwick. And I, um, one of the things I think is really interesting about the background of this is that Ryan Coogler had had written the, had, you know, worked on the entire script. It was complete. And then about two weeks later, before Chadwick would have, would have been able to even read it, he passed away. And so this, what we saw is Mm-mm-mm. the second script. It's a rewrite. A complete rewrite from bottom up in the midst of working through his own grief uh, to produce this piece for us. And yeah, when I think about that, I mean, just hats off, shout out, <laughs> flowers and blessings Give to Ryan Coogler. All his things. <laughs> I because mean, if you're a writer, when you, you're a writer, you know what yeah. it took for him to rewrite a whole script, y'all. That is yeah. no, that's not a small thing in the midst of grief, deep grief. Yeah, it's amazing. It's suffering it's and loss. Absolutely amazing. And then, you know, as, as I was watching it, you know, with like my psychologist nosy lens on, I was like, I wonder if they consulted it with consulted with some grief therapists as they as as they as they put this together. Cause there are so many cathartic points that connect yes. the the viewer to their own story and to what's happening on the screen, but also the memory of Chadwick, who's not literally the Black Panther, but he, you know, he is our surrogate for that, so to speak. And um, yeah, I just felt like there were so many moments for us to to think about personal grief, family loss, um, loss of relationships, um, as well as cultural loss. So Mm -hmm. through oppression and colonization and genocide, enslavement mm-hmm. fill in the blank right mm-hmm. so all of these yeah. layers for the for the viewer to really be able to sit with and have it kind of wreck you and maybe in a cathartic and hopefully uh healing way mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i thought um they did do a uh, a marvelous job of like uh walking with us through the grief because they knew the audience had been grieving and needed to grieve too mm-hmm. and kind of have officially have our own homegoing service. So I appreciated that, 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 that element was there. And then they took us back because, you know, mm-hmm. the movie is kind of set years after the Black mm-hmm. Panther, Chadwick dies, yeah. but mm-hmm. it took us back, you yeah. know, to his homegoing, um, the Black Panthers, um, who, who was played by Chadwick um, Bozeman, his homegoing service, you know, so that we also could have some, yeah. you know, some measure of closure. You know, to I guess is the way sure. I, I I I see it, um, and I absolutely cried, um, right? Yeah, <laughs> several times. Oh, mul- multiple time. times. Through <laughs> so that, that whole montage and dedication to Chadwick, mm. which was just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to go too because I'll I'll cry again. But it was very just so well done, and they honored yeah. him so well. And I honestly, the, if the whole movie was that, I would. That would have been good, actually. I'm like, there's got to be some more pictures and stuff of Chadwick. You give know, us like, more. Give us job. more. Well, yeah. you know, we're, well, we're going to get into maybe some of the highlights now, right? And so you'll maybe you'll share some of yours and I'll, I'll share some of mine. And we'll try not to just talk about a hundred different things. A piece. Yes, but, I know. But I would say this, that that part that you just mentioned as they're having this, what is appears huh. to be uh-huh. like this ancient Wakandian um, ceremony of the 
the passing of a king, right? The passing of a loved one. And they're wearing white. And for those of us who had on white, who, you know, you know, did the, you know, fulfilled the assignment. Uh, In some ways, it was almost an opportunity for you to place yourself in that moment too. Yeah, absolutely. So I was like, we got on white too. And we, here, here we are, here we are, you know, with Shuri and her mama. Um, So, so what are, what are a couple of highlights that come to mind for you? Things that just made you kind of just really connect with this movie? Yeah. I mean, um, although that was sad that, you know, that, that homegoing Mm -hmm. um, service, definitely. Um, I'd say another highlight, well, it's kind of sad actually. I mean, you know, this, the movie had a, it was heavy. It really was. Oh, definitely. There was no like real, like, totally, you know, point of like rejoicing really in this movie, you know, but they did a good job of not keeping us down the whole time. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just good writing. There were were some comic, there were some comedic outlets for you here and there. There could have been more, by the way, because I'm an actual Marvel fan. So a part of Marvel movies is that there there tends to be a bit of a quirkiness, even in the most serious uh, movies. And I would say this one is um, probably the least comedic, although there were some, there was some, some funny moments. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I think, uh, I mean, for me though, this was sad. One of the highlights was seeing, uh, Ramonda and her whole guard come into the, um, uh, well, take command really of the meeting at the UN. Yes. Powerful. Yes, um, yes, yes. And or, or whatever that was, bootleg UN, whatever that represented in the movie. It would be like a, you know, yeah, for like, sure. Yeah. The gathering of the nations. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. And so um, she's coming in and, you know, they're wanting to take the vibranium. And she's just like, y'all have taken everything from us. Everything. I don't have my husband. I don't oh, have God. my son. Like, you know, like, what, what do we have? You know, and then, and now you want to take this vibranium. And, and I just, I, that to me was, it's a highlight, low light (laughs) highlight because it was just like, I just, the way that she commanded um, that place, that scene, um, the way that, that, that line just pierced Mm -hmm. at least my soul, because I think in, in some ways, and we can get into this when we get further into our analysis, I I know it pierced my soul um, because a lot of what she said mirrors, you know, what we are seeing in our community, even now in real time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, but just the way that she commanded that scene and she entered into that room and then her shoulders and her delts and her biceps oh, she, is just like, oh. She and looked so amazing. She looked so good. <laughs> in this I, movie, she looked I was so distracted good. a little bit because I was like, wait a minute, I need to listen to her words, but I'm That's seeing it. her arms and I need to... I need to I was get like, I need to, I need to put this popcorn down and start drinking my celery juice because clearly <laughs> I need to get it together. Listen, she so I, I was a little distracted. That's a highlight. Yes. I was a little distracted because her just arms were just like, woo. I was gorgeous. like, come on, Angela. Gorgeous. Come on, queen. Gorgeous. Come yeah. on, queen. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I thought that was, that to me was definitely a highlight. Has a hit, hit of sadness because of the content of what, you know, she's saying. But that mm-hmm. to me was just like, you know, just sh- standing in her power and letting yeah. her know like, y'all, y'all not going to run roughshod over us because our men are gone. Well, yeah, well, basically what she was saying. Totally. And metaphorically, her body is representing we are bearing arms and we have a defense. And yet, I think for me in that scene, either the most chilling line was, We know what you whisper. Yeah. They are without their protector. And I thought the ways, I thought about how long that whisper has been happening related to the people of the African diaspora throughout centuries. This whisper that we have killed their men. 
how long that whisper has been taking place. Yeah, it was it was it was chilling and it was it was painful because I think yeah, it, it just it it resonated so truly. And the whispers and the whispers are now they're saying the quiet parts out loud now. Oh. Right? They're saying it out loud now. Ain't no whispers no more. But yes. For sure. For, for a long time. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. What, so what, what are the highlights for you, see? Oh, highlight for me. Um, let's see. I think their attempt to try to connect the diaspora. And so for those of us who are like the Marvel fans, right? <laughs> so the Marvel fans are like, you know, we're thinking about other other movies and the diehards are thinking about the actual comic books, you know, so they already knew what was going to happen. They knew the surprises of this because they know right. they know right. the comic book narrative. So they know that they're not going to they're not going to steer too far off of the original story design, which is decades old, right? So um, I, I think the introduction of Riri into mm-hmm. this yeah. particular storyline, because that gave us uh, an American Black girl who's in college, who's smarter than her professors. Yeah, that was And great. she, you know, for those of us, who, and again, who follow the storylines, you know, she is, you know, she's, she's smarter than Tony Stark. She's smarter than Iron Man. So she has this... Yeah. Um, yeah, that's this particular uh, legacy that she has. So I thought I thought that was I thought that was neat. I actually think I so it was a highlight, but I also wish it could have been further developed. Um, yeah, I wish that had been a a richer part. But I but I do see the connection point. Whereas Shuri, who's the consummate little sister, becomes a big sister. So that was kind that's of true. a cathartic cool. connection because yeah. that is what she, that's what she becomes. And you even see a, a scene where it mimics. Um, her older brother having affirmed her and joking with her. And, and, and you see that same setup again towards the end of the movie. I think they're probably even standing in the same place. So it was kind of a, you know, a throwback to, to that moment. So now she, Shuri has arrived into being this big sister figure. So I thought that was really sweet. So that was a highlight for me. Then the, the, the new world that they created, this new, like, um, metaphorical fantasy indigenous world under the underwater under you know under the ocean that was amazing like artistically it was i was like my goodness and then also to think about the ways in which swimming and water play a role in the oppressive story of indigenous people and people of african descent um and t- for them to have the power of water the power of the, of of the sea, so to speak. And the, the, you know, the lead character um, in the movie. So Namor uh, for, for that particular group of people, he, the, the actor actually has noted that he's not a very good swimmer. And then Ryan Coogler himself had to learn how to swim or decided to learn how to swim when he did this movie as well. So I think about the role that swimming and water play certainly in the yeah, stories of, of people of color. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. It's a, it's a site of real terror, you know, for us and, um, Oppression. So it's um yeah, that's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was very powerful. I think um yeah, that underwater world was um uh, Talokan. Yeah. Talokan. I don't know if I'm saying the accent, you know, putting the accent where it should be, but mm-hmm. um that was the underwater world um for mm-hmm. the indigenous um um people in the uh, that Namor um was the yeah. king of ruler of, you yeah. know, so that was cool. I, I actually thought also an additional highlight. I liked seeing the Wakandan traditions, yeah, um, burial traditions. I thought that was really good, really important. Of mm-hmm. course, it reminds me of our own um, traditions. You know, even in um, at least specifically in our own um, Ibibio, mm-hmm. um ethnic group. But because you know Africa is not a monolith, so we got 
all types yeah. of different ethnic groups do, do different things, For sure. um, you know, to bury their loved ones. Uh, but I, yeah, I thought it was interesting and good. Like even the tension between, um, and I guess we'll get into this later, but Shuri, not really, you know, kind of like, eh, you know, dissing or not really honoring the traditions as much and more, you know, um, yeah. Well, she forward. wasn't a, she wasn't a believer. Remember she doesn't, she doesn't believe, she did not believe Modern, that there mm-hmm. was even an ancestral plane. She did not, yeah, she believed exactly. that the, the substance gave a, a scientific power, mm-hmm. but she, mm-hmm. she was completely denest- disconnected from the spiritual part yep. of, <laughs> of, of her people's stories, so to speak, and, and, and admitted it towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that would that was really cool. I, I really liked um, that, and just kind of like even just kind of like the, you know, um, kind of dissing the traditions. That's a real. That's actually a real thing. You know, that's mm-hmm. happening in real time, for um, sure. There, um, in yeah, in West Africa, I know particularly even within our um, own ethnic group, a lot of people wanted to go to the city and wanted you know more yeah. city life and not really learning the language or which is like wow, you know, without the language, you really you lose, you know, so much of the culture uh, and everything when you don't have that. And so, um, so that was really, I thought that was cool that they brought, there was a lot of nuance mm-hmm. in this movie. I would say there was a lot of, a lot of nuance, yeah. but um, what would you say, see, are <laughs> it low lights? <laughs> Any low lights? Any like low lights? Any low lights? So the movie was really long, although it didn't it didn't necessarily feel super long. It didn't feel long as, you, as you were watching it, I think part of that is because it was like they were moving you through this emotional <laughs> roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say that I would have loved maybe one more montage, uh, the silent moments, uh, dedicating to the the Black Panther, really dedicating to to Chadwick Boseman, but. That was both a kind of a thing that I wanted more of, or maybe a longer clip. It was just amazing the way that they use silence to uh, tap into our emotions, to give this moment a moment of silence, um, but also to mimic or to mirror the sense of something being so painful that it takes your breath away. So grief takes your breath away, you know? So I would have liked maybe one more moment to just breathe in that way, to reflect in that way, to be still in that way. Um, really I would, interesting. Yeah, I, I would have liked one more, one of those. Moments. I know that was painful for people, but I, I wanted- I like I could take another one. No, I felt like I- I felt like I knew what to do in that moment. It was definitely a mindfulness meditation moment. It was like, breathe, breathe in, mm-hmm. breathe out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think if, I think if you were like, you joined the moment in holding your breath, yeah, it would be, it would be painful. <laughs> you yeah, definitely needed to breathe through the silence um, or teach I, us I how to breathe breathing. through the silence. I am weeping, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, teach us how to breathe through it. I would say- um, Gosh, you know, um, I, I, so it's, it's an interesting movie. I think if you're not, so if you're not a Marvel fan and all you, your only Marvel introduction or your only Marvel allegiance is to the Black Panther series, and I think that you, like there's me. some, yeah, so there, <laughs> exactly. So there, so, so people, but now here's, but here's the loss in that. There are all kinds of things that are happening in the movie yeah. connected to other characters that are being introduced, yes. connected to a particular storyline that, you know, that give you a little bit more depth and meaning. And, within and the also, universe, man, within, within the Marvel universe. Within yeah. the Marvel universe, right? So all the movies are interconnected. Yes. Um, and so, so I would say that, um, you know, they introduced Riri. I, I think I would have liked, from a Marvel standpoint, a little bit more symmetry into the larger Marvel universe or a nod to what is to come. So usually in the the Marvel final scenes of a movie, for example, give you a nod to what the next, you know, 
a new a new character is coming in, a new ish, a, a new moment. And again, obviously, the big big spoiler of the movie happens in that moment. But it, and it kind of maybe gives you a nod way into the future of something that might happen in Marvel with the, the character that is introduced. But I, I would have loved an after credit scene that would have connected me to another another Marvel moment for those of us who are like. We watched the whole thing. <laughs> so, but with that, I mean, I really have to, I really have mm-hmm, to work mm-hmm. very hard to, uh, to, cri- to critique or to find a low light related to this. I mean, there's some things I just didn't like because it was painful, but it doesn't mean that they did, they did anything mm-hmm, wrong with the story mm-hmm. or the art or the artistry. It's just that it just, it just, it hit, you know, it was a gut yeah. punch. Um, how about you? Yeah. Um, if I had to think about it, I think a uh, low light for me was, is now obviously I'm not a Marvel, like, you know, um, super fan follower. I just, I, I just watch for Black Panther. And so <laughs> I have seen um, Iron Man, but I, I just don't follow the, yeah, yeah. These, these kinds of movies, honestly. But uh, I, I would say, honestly, it was Probably Shuri as Black Panther. And I do know that that, I do know this uh, much that she had to be Black Panther. But I yeah. don't know that she could, she couldn't carry the weight of Black Panther, you know, from what I, and she's a, she's a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't have the, um, the temperament or even constitution to be the Black Panther. It just, for me, or, or they needed to build, her character up in such a way to where it was moving toward that trajectory. Mm-hmm. It just didn't seem to be moving in that direction quite, you know, and, and maybe it's the way mm-hmm. it was written or may, maybe it's because of her interaction with uh, Namor where it's, cause she's, Suri, Shuri is very um, kind of empathetic, uh, a little uh, very jovial, although obviously she's a little bit more somber, somber in this one because she's grieving her brother, but still, you know what I mean? She's kind of a yeah. bright, a bright light, um, jovial, a little sister. Like yeah, <laughs> she has that real sure. little, little sister she, energy, you perfectly. know? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, uh, and soft spoken, not soft spoken, but just, you know, I don't know. I, you know the, anyway, she, she wasn't for me. I was like, okay, I had to do a lot of work to believe mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. this person, not that Shuri couldn't, but that maybe that this person who, who plays Shuri is now going to Letitia is going to now be the black Panther. It just felt like a bit of a, a bit abrupt, you yeah. know, that she was now going to face off with uh, Namor. I was like, really? Like, mm-hmm. you know, how did, how do we get there a little bit? I knew how we got there, but it just didn't seem that way. And even um, the grief and the bitterness, she actually just seemed like she was hurt by her brother's loss. I didn't get that. I didn't feel or sense really in the beginning of the movie that she was, necessarily embittered she just didn't want to access the grief you know or she wanted to suppress it mm. and i've been there i understand mm-hmm. i know that you know because I, I know what it means to not grieve well and i know what it means to grieve well i've you know i've done both uh but i didn't get a sense that she was like um necessarily bitter you know even the line about you know i'll something about like if i give into like the traditions i'll i'll end up burning up the world right i didn't mm-hmm. even take that i didn't take that as like I, you know i just didn't take that as her like Huffing and puffing and being angry. She just, you know, <laughs> I just didn't take it that way. You know, right, so right, when right, they right. tried to put that, project that onto her, this uh, Killmonger energy onto her, I was like, she's yeah. not really, she's really not a Killmonger junior. <laughs> so so mm-hmm. I had a hard time moving through that a bit, mm-hmm. you know, so that to me was a low light. And I know that's a very significant portion of the movie, actually. No, you're right. Uh, 
you know, but I had a hard time believing that she's supposed to be Killmonger Jr. I just mm-hmm. was like, I'm not buying mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, she's, or she's tempted. She's tempted. Or tempted. By that. You know? Or yeah. I yeah, I think that, that I, I think you me. raise a good and hard and complicated point. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think you're I don't think you're alone in that. I, I knew that she was going to be Black Panther in this movie. Like, okay, yeah. like that was a known. Mm-hmm. You know, if you mm-hmm. follow the, the the comics, I knew that. I mm-hmm. actually wanted a plot twist. I so the, so in the scene where she's laying down and Nakia is there and she's yeah. about to drink. You know, the formula that she's worked so hard, yeah. the one that she could not create in the very beginning of the movie to save her. So there's deep, deep guilt yeah. that's informing her grief. So I read her through a lens of guilt and grief because she held herself responsible yes. that her brain was supposed to be able to save and her brother couldn't. who was dying, right? Mm-hmm. And then obviously you have this parallel because he's dying of an illness. And so that's that, right. that that's another kind of, um, it's a kind of another sh- shadowing or throwback to the actual actor, right? Who dies of this illness as well that Absolutely. we don't have a cure to. We don't have a cure to cancer. And with all our scientific power, with all of uh, uh, Princess Shuri's uh, wisdom and intellect and scientific power, she does not have a cure to make that happen. So there's a there's a you know, there's a deep frustration there. But in that scene where she finally, you know, sips the purple drink or the purple Kool-Aid, I I wanted a plot twist. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I totally wanted a plot twist. I wanted Nakia to say, I want to see him again. And I wanted her to drink the purple Kool-Aid. So that she could go, so, so so in a sense that you know oh, she to could go to the she could become, plane. yes, so that yeah. and so that she could become the Black Panther, and I and she was more believable to me because she's, she's kind more of believable, like, yeah, because she had a, a Dora Milaje kind of reject kind of, but I can fight and I'm a spy thing going on, and I was with the king, you know, and so all of that to say is I I affirm what you're saying. It was yeah. a hard stretch, and I think part of it is because we missed a step. Shuri went from little sister princess to angry. Um, I have a lot of guilt and I'm big mad in Black Panther. And I think it skipped the step of her becoming queen and like carrying the weight of the nation. Mm -hmm. And um, and I will say that it wasn't a low light, but one of the most jarring moments of the movie for me was the death of Queen. That uh, was a low light. And I I mean, I saw people get up and leave. They were like, I'm done with (laughs) y'all. You know, but black folk around me was like, I've had enough of this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean was that was a, a hard scene. That was the yelling of "Mama," you know, the yelling of "Mother, Mother." I mean, it, it was, was cruel. Actually, kind of, it took me <laughs> back to George Floyd on that. It was when cruel. she said that. Mm-hmm. It when, was cruel. Um, Okoye, yeah, was like "Mama." I was like, "Oh yeah. my lord!" It, yeah, it, it was, was a lot. It was it a was lot. Cruel. You know what? Let's pause for a quick for commercial sure. break. Because we could keep going. Yes, and we can. Come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about the low lights. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. We'll be right back. Truth's Table Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation is a classic in the making. According to Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggett, author of Black Joy Stories of Resistance, Resilience, and Restoration, New York Times bestselling author Dr. Jamar Tisby says that people often say, Listen to Black women. Now at Truth's Table, you have your chance. 
We don't deserve the gift of this book, but once again, Black women have generously served us all. If we are to actually alleviate the immense burdens our sisters bear, then we must heed their words. T. Morgan Dixon, co-founder of Girl Trek, says this, There is a textured knowing in this book, a spiritual enlightenment, made brighter by the author's own personal breakthroughs. The way they describe the fabric of our collective trauma makes me trust their solutions. And Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, founder of Therapy for Black Girls, says that Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, shines a light on some of our most vulnerable places as Black women, leaving no stone unturned. Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, is a clarion call to consider our communal truths by opening ourselves up to a deeper inner truth. By Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, wherever books are sold. And we are back here at the table talking about Black Panther Wakanda forever. Forever, forever, ever. Come on now. Come on, Outcast Remix. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm always going to get an Outcast reference in there. Uh, this is my way. Uh, yes. Oh, my goodness. The death of Romanda. I was not ready. That was, I was so jacked ready. up. I was like, what's going on? I was like, listen, Riri, you got to go, baby girl. I'm like, here you go, Riri. We didn't have an emotional attachment to that character, but it was necessary. It was, you know, what, you know, what the people would say, the, the, I think they would say that it was necessary for uh, Shuri's character arc. So she needed to really feel like, really like the orphanage, the, the all, everything burnt yeah. around her, everything lost around her for her to step into like, to her, for her to assert, for her to kind of raise in the movie, which is what happened. I mean, the the loss of the queen just I mean, it was like this is the real plot twist right here, y'all. Yeah. This is this is the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, you know, really quick, I think um another low light for me was just that um you know, it's funny because it's it's funny in movies, I actually don't always feel like there needs to be a love story. I really don't. I, I think there's some but, where it just feels very like come on. arbitrary, like do we need a love story? Like in some in some of these, in a lot of these movies, it isn't needed. But for for a movie like this, for Wakanda Forever, yes, I and, have thoughts. Um, given <laughs> uh, given the uh, say it again, I have thoughts. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, given given our sociological context and what we've been through as a people collectively here oh and on the continent, we need to see <laughs> black love between a man and a woman. We have to see that, and so mm-hmm. for me. That was a low light. It was just like, yeah. where are the men? And I, I was I like, wait, where, where, where are the brothers I know. at? I like, know. you know, I that know. Me was I know. a low light. And y'all call me a uh, was a, a patron if you want to. I am not an <laughs> I love men. And so <laughs> I do. I love black men in particular. So I mean, I just was. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was very jarring. Right. Uh, and I think for me, as a single black woman, I found it a bit triggering. To be honest, um, seeing them uh, left, you know, see, so kind of going back to the UN scene, right? How, how I told sure. you, I was a highlight, but a low light too. Yes. And it is, it's all the women coming in, the Dora Milaje, obviously are her, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Queen Ramonda's, you know, uh, guard. Um, mm-hmm. And she's just like, you know, we're, you know, we're whispered that we're out, we're without our protector, you know, but she's like, yeah. you know, y'all not going to get over on us. Um, but the ways that we as black women, particularly single black women, have to stand up in that in that way <laughs> in order to protect ourselves by yeah. force not yeah. by choice you know right. but by force um and i and i 
uh, yeah, I just, and so that's a low light. And I, I honestly, to mm. be honest, and this is a strong word, but I actually resent that that's, mm. that was the thread in the movie. You know, there was, M'Baku mm-hmm. was there, but I see M'Baku as, um, and I guess we're going to go into an analysis, but, but M'Baku I see as like, okay, the one, the five, the 10, <laughs> you know, black men, that's not, for, that does not make a community. We need more. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? We exactly. need more. We need more. You yeah. know, and so that was killing that that was killing me. Yeah. You know, just seeing that and then, you know, and the, just that thread and then the kids mm-hmm. love for um T'Challa, you know, and then just in the end, her being um a single mother. I was raised by a single mom, so I'm not <laughs> I'm not shooting. I, I I really I I I get that. But I just it was just like, well, dang. Like, you know, like we all we got. We all we got art. Yes, art imitates life and life imitates art. But sometimes we really do need art to foretell. We need we need art to prophesy, yeah. <laughs> you know, to speak. We need, speak yeah, we need art. We need art not. to dream. We need art to yeah, dream. We need mm-hmm. to be able to dream. We need art yeah. to be able to speak those things that be not as though they are. We need that. And I thought that was, I was like, ooh, this is just, this is mir- mirroring re- reality a little bit too much for me. Yeah. And so that for me was a low light. We could talk, of course, more about that. On yeah, yeah. No, you see? no, I, I would, you know, totally. And I can I, I can understand, you know, intellectually your analysis on that for for what that might mean for black single women yeah. who long for a relationship with a black man. Absolutely. How they would experience it as a married black woman. When mm-hmm. I watched it, I thought about the the very real internal and um, intrinsic the threats against. Yes against my own spouse against <laughs> against black women i think when i think about the fact that the 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 king of the wealthiest nation in the world the most advanced nation in the world the most uh revered <laughs> although plotted against nation in the world dies of a disease that they cannot fix it mm-hmm. it it cannot help but make me think about the short lifespan for african american men, men yes. and um especially coming coming out or, or whatever whatever season we are in in the world of covid right to think right. about how there have been how that actual lifespan has been reduced more so than any other group group in the united states yes, yes, yes. due to this illness due to this disease and i think um that was just painful to 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 sit with, to think about, but I'm not knocking them for having that in the narrative <laughs> because they, you know, sure. we, yeah. they had to reconcile and figure out a way to explain T'Challa's departure, right? Uh, without that character being available, without that actor being available to play that role. So we had to have that more symbolically take place. Um, but it's, it still was painful to, to see and to reckon with that our fathers, our husbands, our brothers, our mentees, um, that their lifespan is reduced and even here in the greatest, most scientifically right. advanced nation, that's never we have colonized. A, we have a young, a young African man, the king, dying of yeah. a disease. So yeah, so that girl is painful. That's painful. It was painful. Especially if you know, somebody, you know, long like that's literally my life. Like this is just yeah, it's just it's a lot. It's you know, painful. It, it was very, very painful. So well, you know. Whew. It was heavy, y'all. It was, yeah. I know this is well, heavy. Let, well, look, look, let's, 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 let's really get into it then. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, okay, they, so thought, they thought that we was into it. No, we really about to get into it. Let, let's, so let's, talk, let's really talk about the sociology and politics. One thing I was, that I will say is that I yeah. found 
and this is not in the, the comic book backdrop in terms of Namor, I found the profound and excruciating irony of Namor's name, right? That he's yeah. being called one without love yeah. by this this priest who is, uh, or this religious figure who is um, wicked and and beating people and enslaving people, and yet he mm-hmm. looks at this child who is grieving his mother That's right. and refers to him as the one that does not have love, and he, the representative of the church, so speak, so to speak, is the one saying that this child does not have. Uh, have love. And it was a nod to the doctrine of discovery, right? So this historic document from the Spanish Catholic Church that is that is written in a way to give permission, this kind of theological religious justification for the taking of lands of quote unquote heathen people all around the world. And without saying that that historical document, that scene kind of gave you a snapshot into it. And the real, real implications, the pain and the generational pain uh, that lives today as a consequence of that particular papal bull uh, that was written hundreds of years ago. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't know, Namor, he might, he might be my favorite villain. I was like, he's supposed to be a bad guy. Oh, I don't know. When he killed he Queen Ramonda, I was like, no. Well, we, <laughs> honestly, at first I didn't, I didn't actually think she was dead. I was like, oh, she did? But he meant to drown. I, I do think he meant to drown her. I do believe he meant to drown. Okay, her. so then he is a villain. But you know, I was yes, you know, he I, is a villain. It was interesting because I've never <laughs> seen them nuance like a villain in this way. It was like they really endeared you to him. Well, they attempted to do that with and Killmonger too. I think Killmonger had a little bit of that happening as well. He had a little bit, not as not not at least for me, it didn't it didn't have the same effect yeah. as Namor had. Now Namor is huge, or maybe I mean Michael is too, but somehow I was like Namor. I was like, okay, Namor. <laughs> Okay. Um, the, the, the power of aesthetics. The power of listen, aesthetics. Okay, vanity. <laughs> Americans and their vanity. Oh, yes, yes, you got my vote. I'm so <laughs> Whatever you like. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it was, it was interesting watching uh, that happen, you know, because it was just like, I was thinking, of course, that this, it seemed like a priest, you know, but let's say religious figure, as you said. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it was a priest. Mm-hmm. Represented, you know, the church, right? And the church in the colony and the, and we know that if everybody knows colonial history, then you yeah. know that the church um, is the pro- the primary vehicle through which colonialism mm-hmm. and imperialism um, laid hold and took hold uh, among indigenous people, um, among Africans there on the continent. And so that um, I'm glad they brought that in. You know, sure. I'm glad that they didn't shy away from that. That's right, um, because that's just true. And I think it, um, you know, it it would behoove us not, as believers, not to run away and shy away from that. We don't do that at Truth Table, obviously. No. <laughs> but I, I, I'm glad that they did um, bring that in in there. I thought sociologically, what was also interesting sure. um, was actually the con- the in- the conflict between the Af- Africans, Indigenous uh, people, uh, and Black Americans right through Riri. And mm-hmm. so I thought that was. Very smart. I mm-hmm. thought that was true. Again, mm-hmm. things we don't like, mm-hmm. <laughs> things we don't like to admit, particularly being from California. And I know Kugler, we're mm-hmm. both from the Bay, so I he I know that he knows um, in some very real and intimate mm-hmm. ways the brown, black, and brown conflict sure. that occurs um, um, among um, black folks in um, our um, 
our Latinx and Latino uh, neighbors. And so I thought that was really profound, very interesting Mm -hmm. uh, there. I also uh, saw in Shuri going down to Talokan and Namor being her tour guide, (laughs) Mm because that's what he was, which I appreciated that. Um, Mm -hmm. I I thought that was, uh, you know, in some ways, for some reason, I was thinking... I was thinking about and how because he was trying to pro, pro, uh uh he was proposing to her that we need to unite right. against these colonial powers, you know, mm-hmm. and let's do that, you know. And I was like, Yeah, you know, and it yeah. actually reminded me of that Fred Hampton. <laughs> you know, it actually reminded oh, me of Fred sure. Hampton. And sure. uh, and I don't know, it may, may you know what and maybe Kugler did have some of that um informing, you know, the the mm-hmm. writing and the content of it, but it did remind yeah. me of uh Fred Hampton and that rain, that the rainbow coalition that he was trying to um, bring forth, particularly around mm-hmm. um, black and Brown and all the, the people in the underclass, you know, coming together to unite against mm-hmm. those um, in the upper class. And so I thought that was interesting. I kept hearing that echo. I kept thinking about Hampton, you know, mm-hmm. the whole time they were in that uh, underground uh, world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, but I also, and then sociologically, I thought that was interesting. And you see it even now, you know, how um, our brown neighbors are able to um, hold on to their culture, uh, hold on to the, their language, you know, their their language, yeah. a lot of their own traditions, um, and also continue to cultivate, you know, that, that culture um, yeah. in a way that is um, pretty unified, let me say mm-hmm. it in that way. Um, yeah. And it was a beautiful, beautiful underground world. Uh, yeah. And then you look at Wakanda, the nation, you know, greatest nation in the world, and I've been colonized and what, but, but, but there's a sense of desolation, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, among and, and all this opulence and all there's a sense of desolation as if it's so it's like, it's, it's hollow, almost like a clanging cymbal mm-hmm. or a noisy gong, you know? Mm-hmm. So it looks good on the outside, but on the inside it's empty and hollow because again, what do we have? You know, our, Black Panther is gone. Now the queen um, is gone. Yeah. It, it's just like, it, so I, I think in some ways it it, it feels, it, it seems to mirror, I think, what's going on even in our um, community. Um, Lord knows we absolutely have a, a, di- a distinct culture. We are culture makers, culture shifters. We shape culture all around the world, you know. Um, but when you come down and you go drill down, you know, um, you get down to the heart of it what is really going on between us, you know, mm. um, and where is the love and how have we allowed interlopers to cool mm-hmm. our love for one another, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we see that showing up in so many different ways. You think about takeoff, you know, and yeah. his mm-hmm. untimely death and, you know, yeah. um, being killed in that way. And, and of course, and m- many other, you know, rappers that have died uh, this year too, or been killed, I'm sorry, you know, this year too, you just yeah. see it, and not just in those ways, but in a whole a whole host of uh, different mm-hmm. ways, and um, in, in the way that our men have been disappeared from mm-hmm. our community, you know, disappeared yeah. um, due to mass incarceration, obviously, um, and police violence, and all these things. So uh, I could keep going on and on, but yeah. I don't know. See any any thoughts about? I said no. a lot. I'm sorry. No, no. I, mean, I was gonna as you were talking. I was like, you know, you can't. You know, you think about somebody who a, a small kid growing up in a in a. <laughs> And one of those, like you, you bump your leg or you fall, you know, like walk it off, walk it off. You, you cannot walk off racial trauma. 
You cannot Listen. walk off grief. You cannot walk that off. No. It is uh, profoundly painful and you it is a trauma that reshapes your lens, how you mm-hmm. see yourself, how you see God, how you see the world. And so it has to be reckoned with. Racial trauma, cultural trauma has got to be reckoned with. And what um, what oppressive forces do, one of the things they do is they they because they are dehumanizing and wicked at its core, is that they don't they don't grant people permission in their humanity to, to heal and to do that work. As a matter of fact, they tell them that something is is deficient about you because you should be able to get over this. You should be able to get past this. But the truth is, it's within our very core humanity that we grieve, that we struggle, that we feel the consequences emotionally, psychologically, physically, spiritually of racial and cultural trauma. So I, I, I do think that Wakanda symbolically opened up the door um, in an attempt to help serve the world, but then experience the ugliness, <laughs> the ugliness of the world, so to speak, right? So, so some of those some of those pieces are very much present. And, and of course, in my, in my kind of creative mind, I begin to think, you know, T'Challa, you know, what is this illness that he contracted? What is this illness that Wakandan technology? And would That's he have right. been exposed to such That's illness? Right. I'm thinking about this character if he had not opened up these doors and extended himself to the world to, as a mm-hmm. servant of the world instead of the protector of his people directly. Mm-hmm. If I'm thinking about this character. The other thing I will say about this movie, which I think is why I'm not going to be surprised if there's some pretty um, diverse reviews of it, depending on people's ethnic background and cultural understanding and all that kind of jazz, because this is a movie that that really didn't care a ton. Now it cared some for sure. It didn't care a ton about the white gaze. And what I mean by that is that most of the white characters were very much peripheral and they were shown as pretty clueless. It was, you know, France coming in, trying to steal the vibranium. And it, and, and she's like, let me bring your people back to you. Here they go. Right. So she's looking directly at the, the ambassador for France or whatever this, this particular woman represents. And it's like, here's your people. I know what you did. Stop trying to act like you didn't do it. So again, in that moment, it's like a laughing stock. Like you think that you are uh, dominating us. You think you can get the 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 edge over us. And again, even though we are down emotionally and we are a grieving a grieving country, uh, we're you, you're not going to play us. And so I felt like you you could see this dynamic where there were these clueless uh, European and white Americans on the periphery that were very much, um, uh, you know, bumbling, <laughs> very much, <laughs> very much showing themselves to not really know what's going on, but to be also a particular group of them just still obsessed with power. Like we need to get this vibranium. We, we found it somewhere else. So we're going to go in the water and we're going to do et cetera. The first, first few moments, I remember leaning over to a buddy of mine who I was watching it with. And it's the scene where it's the, the military folks, they're on the big boat and they're, they're, they have found the vibranium under the water. And uh, the pe- the blue people, you know, they come up on the boat and it's like, okay, they ain't playing no games. Here come the blue people. And I mean, and they're doing all kinds of stuff. They're doing mind control. Folks are jumping off the boat and they, you know, they're attacking and I'm like, whoa, it's a lot. And then there's this, then there's the white woman who's like the lead, you know, point person on the boat. And, and yep. she comes forward and then she starts to run. And the person next to me, my buddy was like, whoa, this is, 
this is kind of, this is violent. And I would say that too, this is a particularly violent, now, now there are several, there are many violent Marvel movies. This one ranks in the category of the more violent in the sense of the body count. Like there are, there are deaths. There are a lot of deaths mm. in this movie. Obviously the deaths of significant characters like the queen, but like there's like deaths related to just direct violence that are happening in this movie quite a bit as well. And in that first scene, I, I actually leaned over to her and I said, Marvel's not going to kill a white woman in the first 10 minutes of this movie. Marvel did kill a white woman. <laughs> Marvel did. <laughs> and the narrator said, Marvel did indeed kill a yeah. white woman in the first. Yeah. And, and I mean, now, of course, it wasn't through, uh, you know, a knife or a gun per yeah, se, yeah. but her, that helicopter was destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it's referenced later, right, by the military, repre- by the governmental representative, the U.S. government representative who has this relationship with the Wakandians as saying, like, these were my good friends and they're gone, right? And so all of that to say is when you're obsessed with the white gays, you, you don't have a movie in the first 10 minutes where <laughs> a white woman who's a military officer dies, you know? So I was like, oh, this is this is going to be different. This is going to be a different moment. That that is typically not something that happens. And we actually analyzed that in our first review of Black Panther. We talked about how the how in many ways they were they were fighting amongst themselves. The Wakandians yes. had turned on themselves and were fighting amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they were given additional uh, enemies, so to speak, outside of their group, outside of their context. So they had to, they unified, including their actual. And including the movie also showing uh, white Americans being directly attacked as well. Yes, 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 that's true. We, we surely did um, talk about that. So, I mean, well, let's, uh, what about, okay, so we did soci- the sociology. What would you say about the, um, the pol- political, you know, analysis, mm-hmm. any thoughts there? Well, I mean, the movie just, it, it just plays out what it means for, uh, governments to obsessively and maniacally go after different nations' resources, which is which has right. been happening for generations. I mean, that that's really the backdrop is that mm-hmm. um, you know you have this underwater nation that nobody really knows about, and they're not bothering anybody really. And there's this sense of like we can't just let them have the vibranium. Like we can't be the only place that has nuclear, you know, we can't let mm-hmm. other nations have nuclear weapons. So only the United people. States has more nuclear weapons than any nation in the world ever. Right. But it's like, but, but it's okay for us to have them because, you know, we're who we are. Hello, mm-hmm. it's us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of that narcissism, you know, the sense, false sense of safety. That's like right. clearly we would not drop a bomb that's, you know, like Hirosh- you know, Hiroshima, um, <laughs> the narrator's voice. But but so you see that same mentality that's, that kicks off this whole movie. The, the real conflict is, is not just between this underground world and this hidden African nation or formerly hidden African nation. The real conflict are these external powers saying, you have something that we ought to have. Who are you to have this and going after it? And then you see these other nations coming in and fighting themselves as a consequence mm-hmm. of it. And if that doesn't read true, if that I doesn't read true, <laughs> I don't know what is. Seriously. I think um, on the politics, the, yeah, the geopolitics, I agree with you on that um, analysis for sure. And I, yeah, and, and it, is, it was true that actually Black Panther did open them up in this way, you know, and made them vulnerable to these external uh, world powers, right? That, you know, that's kind of the, the geopolitical implications there. I do, I did take uh, exception to, <laughs> 
you know, Shuri, you know, rebuffing Namor's uh, proposition about, you know, uniting together against uh, these external, these uh, world powers <laughs> that were trying to uh, take the vibranium. Um, now, obviously, Namor probably wanted, you know, had a little bit more of a maybe malicious, violence. Yes, I violence. think he was going to wipe them out. He wanted to wipe them out. <laughs> yes, I'm like, yes. I'm sure that there was a, you know, we could have come together, the Wakandan Council, you know, and and then they could have come to get some compromise here. You know, I just, but I, something about that mm-hmm. just, that, 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 that to me seemed somewhat, maybe not, depending on how you read this, because we did this analysis um, in the, in the, uh, in the in- initial one about how, these Wakandans are like some black Republicans. Um, but, but, but we were like, I mean, because you think about, you know, these are like. Yeah, some, and, and, I, and for me, I would say old school. They're kind of Booker school. T. Washington not, yeah, book, not, yeah, book. not Trumpians. Washington, I was going to say Booker T. Exactly. Booker T. Washington generation. You know, yes, uh, African, yes. you know, yes, uh, nations, yes, yes. we do it ourselves. We got it, you know, uh, we got it together type of, you know, Africans. You know, so in, in my in my estimation, to me, right. it would have been consistent to try to protect, <laughs> to try to unite in order to, sure, in order to protect your resources and whatnot. Yes, not in the way that Namor wanted to, but somehow coming together, you know, yeah. to do that. So it seemed a little bit inconsistent to to a degree. But then, if you think about it, mm-hmm. if they really were about, if they were following um, Black Panthers you know, lead on this and trying to kind of mm-hmm. compromise with geo, you know, political, I'm sorry, with um some of those world powers, then you could see why Shuri would mm-hmm. rebuff that proposal. Yeah. So it's kind of like, so me being much more radical um, in my politics in that way, I, I'm more team. Yeah. Let's band together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Against this white supremacist order. That's me. Um, <laughs> You know, but but you know, I could see how I, I I guess I could see how they could write that in where she would kind of you know um decline that, but yeah. it seems a bit inconsistent. But I can see how it could work. Yeah. You just kind of have to do a, a little bit more um, yeah. analysis to get there. I so so what do you name think? yeah, I would say so. I I agree with what you're what you're. I'm tracking what you're saying. And I agree yeah. with pieces of it. I, I think so. Namor, this is me thinking through like kind of a intercultural standpoint. So so Namor yes. like sneaks into their very well protected nation that no one else can do. I know. Yeah. And this and really that's a form of disrespect is what he, he so his so his he initial attempt yeah. for diplomacy is an act of would have been seen as an act of aggression actually. <laughs> he was like let me that's tell true. you what let me tell you what I can do. So basically he enters in as a flex and versus entering in in the way that you enter before an actual queen is in a yeah. position of humility that says, I am the king of this nation. You are the queen of this nation. I honor who you are. You know, I, I'm going to need like a little bit of a, a, a throwback to like King Solomon and the Lord, queen Lord, of Sheba. I need, I need a moment like that to take place. And I think, so from the, so from jump, I think you have the queen, like, how dare you? Like, how dare you? And then he pretty quickly starts making threats. Like, I'm giving you an opportunity, but like, if you don't, you're going to be the first one that falls. And it's he like, flagrant. he was flagrant. You know what? I was like, thinking, you know word, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about her in, in, I'm thinking about Shirley in Shuri in the underground world, not right. at the scene. Cause he was, he was out of pocket. I'm thinking about her in yes. the underground world because the shift in the mood completely shifted, yeah. even though she well, was, after he, she was well, a hostage. He, She's a hostage. I was going to say, after he kidnapped her, it was a little, it was a little 
little Stockholm-y, okay? I was like, wait here. a minute. There's a lot going on. You're right. Exactly. Yeah, As you think, I mean, it, it was like a little, it was like, you know, like the grown little mermaid for a moment. It was like under it the was. sea, under the sea. We were loving it. I was like, come on, Chloe Bailey, come on out here. And sing. Not Chloe, what's the other one? Hallie Bailey, come on out here and sing for yeah, us. I, I mean, it, it was giving a little That's mermaid a little for I us. I will say that. I thought it was a little long. I was like, is this what this movie going to be? Okay. I was like, this is a beautiful world. But I was like, this, this is, is a beautiful world it was like a it was kind of a throwback to avatar a little bit i think and yeah so it, was it was giving avatar mm-hmm. yeah it was it was and, and slash little mermaid i would say mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. it was yeah. beautiful um but yeah i think when i peel back how they presented his character now with that being said i i do think they did a good job of showing his development as to why he would have the itch that he would have in the oh, same way i feel like they did a good job developing Kill, Killmonger. I think they did great uh, character development for Killmonger. And for the people that were outside of Wakanda, I think they did a good job of character development. They did not do that for Riri. And again, because she represents the Black American character, I just felt like, ah, it was a it was a diasporic miss. I thought it was a little offensive. Yeah, I she was so she was yeah they they flattened her. You know what I mean? I actually don't think that they did great character development for sure either though. But it was better than Riri. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I felt like, and I guess this kind of t- takes us into the diasporic analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, I did so. What I did love there was just the the threat of Pan Africanism, which mm-hmm. I thought was much stronger. I feel like what maybe I'm, yeah I feel like it was much stronger in this movie than it was in the other. Um, the other one with Killmonger versus Black Panther was kind of antagonistic and kind of perpetuating the diaspora wars is oh, the way sure. that I read it. Which is which is very true, but yes, it was right. antagonistic. Yeah, it was very antagonistic. It was just kind of perpetuating the diaspora wars, which we know we do not need any more of that as a people. But what I did love about this this um, iteration of the of the movie was the Pan African unity, the thread in there. I love you know in the scene when um, Let- uh, sorry Shuri played by Letitia Wright, is drinking the vibranium Kool-Aid, what we're calling it on here. <laughs> you know, um, that, is, that is why I have dubbed this vibranium Kool-Aid. There you go, vibranium Matter of fact, Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid needs to, they need to get on top of this and start um, selling it. They want some dollars. Start selling it, <laughs> site truth table, okay? Um, but, Thank you. <laughs> uh, Christina specifically. But yeah, I thought the, the scene where she's drinking the vibranium Kool-Aid, Nakia's there and Riri is there and they're there chanting in a Wakandan dialect loved it. I absolutely love that. Um, just kind of like the reclamation, um, the loss of language, um, and culture that was literally, uh, um, taken, you know, from African-Americans through chattel slavery. Um, and you just think about how like Riri is there chanting this Wakandan dialect. And I thought that was so beautiful and participating in this, um, cultural, uh, traditional ritual, Wakandan ritual that she, you know, that she didn't know nothing about until she got there. I thought that was so beautiful um, because that's something that I'm very passionate about um, as one who holds to um, a Pan-African ethic and lens. And it's something that I, I wrote about in our book, Truth Table, you know, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love and Liberation in the final chapter. Uh, 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 blackness is the image of God. Di- Diaspora Dreams, Blackness is the image of God. Talking about specifically about us regaining our mother tongue and what that would look like for us in glory to know that we ain't going to be speaking English when we go back. We, we are going to, in my sanctified imagination, we will be speaking our mother tongue without problems, without issues, without having to think, wait, what's my next line? No, 
<laughs> like, you know what I mean? We will be doing that um, with ease um, and doing it among each other to the glory of God. And so I, I thought that was very, uh, I don't know, I thought it was very powerful. Uh, and I, I found it to be very moving. Uh, how about how about for you, C? Yeah, you know, as, as you were talking, I began to think about Riri, and and yeah, that moment was beautiful, right? And so um, that that connection point, and that she joined them in speaking that language, and she longed to go to Wakanda. She was when she got there, she didn't want to go there under those conditions. She was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm I'm there." And and in some ways, that feels like for those of us who are the direct descendants of translate slave trade, that reminds me of like the year of homecoming, like the the, the yeah. Ghanaian trip that many took, and. Um, yeah, and just this sense of like when you when you get off your your plane, if for those of us who have who have been raised in the states and they get off the plane in on the continent of Africa, and you are greeted with "Welcome home," it yeah. is yeah amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing, amazing feeling. feeling for for those of us who who share that lineage because it is an experience of being a trafficked people That's right. who has been kept away from home That's and then wonder if home will ever accept me again anyway. So all yes. of that to say is there's a deep, deep catharsis yes. that is available. I would also say this. I, I don't think I'm making this up. I, I think at the end when Shuri, now Queen Shuri and Black mm-hmm. Panther, gives Riri the vehicle, I, I believe it's a vehicle that she had worked on with maybe her late father or stepfather. Yeah, it was her father's yes. car, she said. Mm-hmm. And so that's another, so, okay. So that was lovely, but that's also another moment of grief. Another, <laughs> because it was, it was. A, I know. So yeah. it was, so she all, so she also shared the narrative as well as having yeah. the lo- a loss of, and I'm presuming a, a black father. And, and um, we didn't know that until that point. That, yeah. I don't know. I wish they wouldn't have thrown that in there. Like I was like, that, I was like, that's sad. <laughs> Here we go again. Here we go again. So, so yeah. So, so I will also say this just in point of, you know, just to nerd out a little bit with Marvel. Um, So I think of this movie, I think of the character arc uh, as in, in parallel process with what happened in WandaVision. So WandaVision is a story Mm -hmm. of, it's a white woman in that example, but Mm -hmm. she has all kinds of power. She's also, you know, she's European actually, but reads as white American at, at this point in the narrative. Um, but grief, grief rips her, t- rips her to pieces. And she has the most power, power in many ways, more than any other, other Marvel super superhero or villain. Like she, Wanda is powerful. And so in WandaVision, you see this narrative between this person who has the deepest grief, the loss of vision, which is, you know, her boo, and combined with this power. And what do you do with your grief when you have power? And I think Shuri shows us another arc. So when Queen Ramonda says to her, you know, Shuri, show him who we are, that is in some ways a um, an alternative ending, an, an ethical alternative uh, from different than what we saw with Wanda and WandaVision. Because what she did with her power and her pain is that she controlled an entire community of people <laughs> in order to not have to deal with the very real hurt and pain that she was experiencing. And what we saw Shuri do, now Queen, is receive her mother's wisdom, which was a wisdom about how we treat people because of who we are. Not because of who they are or their value or what they've done to us, but because of what we are made of. This is how we're going to respond in this moment. And to me, that was a nod in many ways, although it's kind of in this Wakandian African uh, faux nation context. That was a nod to me to the uh, nonviolent civil rights movement 
Mm-hmm. Show them who you are. Mm-hmm. Show them who you are. And then you have to actually be trained and conditioned and That's right. programmed and discipled to be able in that moment to say to your enemy, though you deserve this and though you did this to me, I am going to show you who I am and what I am made of. Right. Um, and and anyway, that, that, that kind of went full circle mm-hmm. in that moment. And again, it, it's a, a strong contrast to what we saw in WandaVision. Wow. You know, um, yeah, I think that's a um, really, really good point to bring in. And especially with um, Queen Ramonda saying, show them who, who you are, you mm-hmm. know, um, or we, we are, or yeah. who we mm-hmm. are, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, but Queen Ramonda showed us, you know, who Wakandans are, you know, I think even with that diaspora thread, when she laid down her life for Riri, she's absolutely yes, African did. woman, African queen, the queen, laying down her life <laughs> exactly. for this uh, black American girl whom she don't know from Adam. Nope. She had, she had met her. She only met her for what? 2.2 seconds. You know, and where they had decided. She went back and saved her. She went back into that water and saved her life. Yes. Purpose Mm -hmm. in her heart to know we are going to protect this girl. We are not going to give her over, you know, even though we don't have any real reason, no real ties, right? You know, to preserve her life, you know, but these people are after her and no, you know, not on my watch. Right. And so I thought that was beautiful and just, um, uh, had a vehicle, I think for healing, if people could see it, could perceive it, you know, to see the ways, you know, that, um, that we ought to stand in the gap for one another and, and Mm -hmm. take care. Like we belong to each other, Africans and African-Americans and Mm -hmm. seeing, um, that, that love, you know what I mean? That deep, abiding yeah. black love, you know, yeah. happen and occur in that way. I wish she wouldn't have died, but that's just because I was like, no more death. This is just too much. But, <laughs> but I thought that was really, really powerful. You know, this, this, cause there's always this, this thread in this narrative of, yeah. you know, Africans, y'all don't care about us and you oh, know, sure. y'all don't care. Your soul dissolved. You don't care. You know, oh, la, la, you know, vice versa. Y'all don't love us. You think this about us, you know, um, you know, it, yeah. it, it goes, it go, you know, this thing goes, it's bilateral, but I thought that was really, really important to see that. And I just hope that our people have eyes to see it. Right. Well, um, if, you, if you think about, yeah, if you think about Malcolm X, you know, the black woman is the most disrespected person right. in America, mm-hmm. in, the, in the American context he's, he's talking about, mm-hmm. but we can think about the African and indigenous woman, the global context, yes, most yes, disrespected, yes. violated, ignored, et cetera, exploited, fill in the blanks. And But in that moment, what you see is something that does not happen, which is a nation sacrificing itself for the life of a black girl. Yes. And yeah, and and if you have eyes to see it, maybe just now people are like, that's clicking. (laughs) Just right now, that's clicking. Like, what does it mean for people to use their power and their influence to say, the easy road would just be to hand you over and be like, we don't know you. It must give you over to Namor, which you know we know Namor is definitely going to kill you. <laughs> just you it's, do it. it's, it's a awesome. done deal without That's hesitation. Correct. That would have been the easiest thing to do. But instead, the queen sacrificed her own life. The nation sacrificed itself for one black girl. And, black girl. and when um, does that ever happen? I mean, hello. And so, yeah, so that is definitely giving a emotional connection to Breonna Taylor. That's giving an emotional connection to the stories of black girls, Sandra Bland. Mm -hmm. It is Mm -hmm. black girls and black women. Mm -hmm. It is, it is Mm -hmm. connecting those dots Mm -hmm. in some really deep ways. I think at least in my mind and my heart, as we reflect on that and just how 
yeah, how those lives are that important. That they're pre- they are that, that important. You they know, the precious. precious. You know, mm-hmm. and that the credibility, that the ethical credibility of the Wakandians rested in the preservation of the life and dignity of one black girl. That's right. That's right. And I'm and I'm here for that. So yeah. it's 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 been real. It's been real processing uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever, ever, ever. It has. It has. But you know what? <laughs> but 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 we got we do got to do a little bit of the theological implications because I do think because of the grief, you know, and the loss. You know, I do think that there is, you know, I think there there's a sense in which, you know, how I, I talked earlier, you know, about how, you know, I thought Shuri, yeah, you know, I thought it was, I don't know, the, the role of Black Panther was a little bit big for her britches, you know, <laughs> and I don't think that's her, I don't think that's necessarily her fault, but I do think that there was a lesson in there for us to know that none of us, you know, are exempt um, from giving into our worst impulses. Uh, for being, um, for giving in right. to, if we don't deal with the trauma, mm-hmm. as you often say, the trauma will deal with us. Yes. Um, and so mm-hmm. if we do not get the healing that we need, if we yeah. do not catch the little foxes that spoil mm-hmm. the vines, you know, if we do not uproot that root of bitterness within us, we will break, you know, yeah. and we will become- And break things. <laughs> and, there you go. And we will break things. And so I thought that, I thought that was something- um, at least for me, that it was like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta check the bitterness. We gotta check the anger. We gotta, you know, we gotta yeah. make sure are we healed, you know? Um, and so yeah. I thought, I thought that was a good reminder. Cause it's like even little Shuri, right. Even little sweet, innocent, yeah. unassuming Shuri is like, wait a minute. Is she, she's going to the dark side. What's happening here? You know? So <laughs> I thought that was like a real, yeah. a real lesson, a warning, mm-hmm. if you will, for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, the, so we talk about this, and you mentioned in the book, uh, Diaspora Dreams, but also, you know, we yes. in, in the book, we also talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness, yes. And there are some things that we have to process deeply and painfully, um, and with even within our bodies, because they're so heavy, that we have to release in some way, shape, or form, because there are losses that we can't blame on a person, or a situation. So the movie starts with a loss that in some ways is kind of outside of people's control. You know what I mean? Like it starts with this loss. It's related to this illness. We don't get any more details about it. She does yeah. her best to save him. Killmonger is the one who destroyed all of the vibranium, you know, plant. Um, so there, cause he was so selfish. And, but because yeah. of that, she could not, you know, she thought that would be the answer to saving her, her brother's life. And, and in many ways, she needed to reconcile that moment and that her attempt to have doing, having done the best that she could do with what she had and releasing that over. And the longer she held that, it created her more susceptible, right, to being manipulated by the pain, to being That's manipulated right. by the grief and being open to becoming like the person who was, re- was responsible in some ways for her brother's death in the sense that she could not get mm-hmm. more of that vibranium mm-hmm. plant. So she was she was seeking on some subconscious level and toying with this idea of becoming like Killmonger to get revenge and perhaps to have vindication. But he's the very person who created right. yes. the situation. And, in. Yeah. and it's and it's that's that's the temptation for all of us is that we can without forgiveness, without processing, we without healing, 
we can become we like the very thing that we hate, the very yes. thing that we despise. Um, and yeah, so that that was amazing. And I was I was thankful for that cameo because I, I wanted some more connections with the first Black Panther. So I was thankful yes. for that moment. But I look, I'm like, that is this is crazy Killmonger in that chair. <laughs> hey, cousin. <laughs> listen, listen, that is Killmonger in that chair. So anyway, that was great. And then the other thing I would say this particular nod is that, you know, in in that in that scene, like the royal scene in Wakanda, the royal circle of, you know, counselors and advisors, there is the the older woman who is there who wears the Christian cross. Mm-hmm. In that scene from the from the from the first uh, Black Panther, yeah, and it's for me at that moment when I saw her, I was like, oh, there she is. Yes. <laughs> there yeah, she is me too. With nice connection, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. It, but it was it was a powerful contrast because what she represents is uh, the non-colonized That's Christianity. Right. That's right. And that some kind of way, the witness of Jesus has come. To Wakanda. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating, right? In this closed nation. And you have these people there who the are wearing these- marching on. Yes. Yeah, truth is marching on. But, but not by the sword, not by manipulation, by not not through abuse, not not as a reflection that what of Namor saw, but in some other way. And there she is with the council counselor of advisors, council of advisors providing wisdom in that moment. That's so right. that reminded me of that that first movie as well. You're right. Um, and on that that note, I mean, it's just you, and you see Queen Ramonda as a Christ-like figure, you know, which for is sure. very womanish, you know. So I'm here for all of that, actually. Yeah. And so I I, yeah. I I I did love the movie. I mean, so okay. So out of scale, out of five stars, what would you give the movie? Jeepers, I would. <laughs> you know, so I think I I actually think for the first movie, I think if we go back and listen. I may have given it five stars. I may have. I may yeah, have. I know what I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know there are people who feel like this one was better. I actually don't think this movie was better to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would give it a 4.5. And part of that is because unlike the first one, I don't think I'll be watching this movie many times. I watched that first Black Panther multiple times in the theater and then multiple times in my home, you know. And I don't think that I have, even right now, I don't have a desire to, to see it again. I want other people to see it, but I don't have that same, like, let me go back on out to the movies again. And that's exactly how I responded to the excitement and joy and creativity of the first one. This one, I've had my catharsis. I can't, I can't keep coming back and watching it. Mm-mm. Because of the the grief, you know, there too, with, um, you know, Chadwick, the, the backdrop of that. Um, and, and, yeah. and the violence too. <laughs> it was a lot of violence, but yes. Yeah. Pick that up, but you know, I'll be watching these mob movies. I'll, I know you. I'll, you know I'll, you. You have you have a gangster palette. For I mine. do <laughs> gangster party. party. No, but um, uh, I do have my little gangster ways. But I, you know, um, I can't. Yeah, I don't remember what I gave it the first time. I don't think I gave it a five. I think I gave you know because I had some some qualms here and there. Um, the accents were better this go around. I'll say that, and so I was like, y'all just had to stick to something, and so they yeah. stuck to it. There, there like, were, but well, there actually were more Africans yeah. in. The lineup. So I think yeah, so that the, the, the so-called worst accents were the Black Americans who were impersonating Wakandians. So you don't have Chad Chadwick in this movie. So you actually oh, had African. That's true. Oh yeah, that's just, true. Just disproportionately, you, disproportionately, you had actual that's actually true. more Africans. It's it's a largely African lead cast. Yeah, for yeah this movie. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, yeah, I don't know this one. I think I think I would give it a four point five as well. 
um, because of some of the, you know, the low lights and things that I had already um, highlighted. I actually did like this one better than the first, but I probably need to rewatch the first. Cause I, I, a funny quirk of mine is that I actually don't really remember movies all the way through. After I watch it, it's almost as if I'm watching it again. Like for real, I just do not retain <laughs> what I watched. So it's always, I'm always watching a movie again for the first time, y'all. And so, um, no, but I, I know it's a, it's a really odd quirk. Like, Unless I've seen it like a million times. I'm like, it's like it's like finding Nemo, finding Nemo of movies. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've watched Black Panther a whole bunch of times, but honestly, I have to refresh my memory. To be quite honest, I, I it would be good for me to behoove mm-hmm. me to rewatch it again. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I did. I, but I did leave feeling like I liked this one more than that one, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I think there was more nuance that which I and I love nuance in yeah. this one than well, there was the other from. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's maybe that's what it is, but that's kind of my own intellectual bias, you know, mm-hmm. that the writing was superb. And so I really liked that. I, I really liked this, the decentering, you know, of the white gaze, you know, that's where I live. So I really liked that too. Whereas mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. I had an issue with that <laughs> in the first one. So I did like mm-hmm. this one better yeah, than yeah. the other, but like you, it is like, Ooh. You got to gear yourself up. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would watch it again. I'd watch it in theater. If a friend wanted to go see it, I probably would watch it. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean that 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 was a part of the storyline. What will T'Challa do with the Western world? What will he do with? So so That's so right. it, it, right. it, that conversation was 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 knit within it. And I think I just think for me, I think um, Chadwick Boseman as the Black Panther is just is is hard for me to move on from from that. <laughs> And I think that may be also informing a bit of why Shuri's not quite, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why I think it, it wasn't quite as believable as it could have been. But but part of me is still like, nah, Chadwick Boseman is a Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and before we go, I have to say this out loud because I'm sure. sitting here thinking, you know what? Another point of loss is the scene in which the general and the queen, you know, when she, uh, you know, has the, the general has to acknowledge that she has lost Shuri. Shuri has been kidnapped oh, and she is yeah. stripped not only of her position, but she is stripped from her her participation in the Dora Milaje. And I must tell you, in that moment, that I saw the pain of two women who had lost so much and not being able to process that pain. Well, so I'm, I'm biased. I do believe that that punishment, that the queen was, was, was out of pocket. I think the queen went too far. I think she could have demoted her, but I think for her to take away her world. And, and then when she says to her, you think you've given everything. Look at all that I have lost. So you can see yeah. like, this is this is rooted yeah. in my my pain. And then she says, you could go visit your husband if you wanted to. And right. here we go again with trauma. Trauma. Because here, here we have a snapshot of an incarcerated African husband that's that right. is referenced, who's again. nobody's seeing him because, you know, he betrayed nobody's the nation or whatever. Yeah, that's right. But but I was I was left like, uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> so that- yeah. That was a, that was a, again, another pain point. So when I say that, you know, that was heavy, y'all. That was yeah, heavy. So that we have was, a lot of black male death. We have black male death of brothers, of husbands, of fathers. And now we have an incarcerated reference yeah, incarcerated as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it was heavy. A lot. It was heavy. a lot. You're right about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to so leave that, right there, y'all. So that, so that whisper is still there. That whisper is still there. Are they without their protector? Mm-hmm. It's still there. It is still there. So, well, y'all, we cannot wait to hear what y'all think about. Well, after you watch the movie, yes, what y'all think about now. our analysis? We know y'all really loved our Black Panther review last time. We want to know what y'all think. Okay, so let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us. Your, well, first of all, thank you for taking a seat at the table with us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts. Well, I don't know. Well, Twitter. Well, 
All right. Well, DM well, us your thoughts or email us say, your thoughts. Not, Twitter, not yet. So people won't know, turn on you because they'll be like, Black, spoilers, spoilers. Black Twitter's about to do the the, the, the fume for, uh, for for Twitter soon. But, uh, you know, whatever. As long the as funeral. it's still up, y'all can still tweet us. Another, uh, another uh, funeral. Wear white to the to Twitter's funeral. Another funeral. Oh, golly. Um, tweet us your thoughts using that hashtag truth table. Um, and Black women, please, you are invited to join our Black Women's Facebook Discipleship Group on Facebook. Uh, make sure you like our page, our Truth Table page. Um, answer the entry questions and invite your friends too so you can join our group. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And or you can email us your thoughts about this episode at asktruthstable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth Table has a Patreon account so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash truth table, or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is paypal.me slash truth table. Truth table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York, and we have been your hosts, Kemeny and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.